one, please. Hello friends, and welcome back to Mixology, where today we're going to be taking a look at the Beach Boys classic 1966 LP, Pet Sounds. Let's take a little listen, shall we? Now, this episode will be quite funny to long-time listeners of the podcast because in my first episode I specifically said I wouldn't be looking at remix LPs such as Pet Sounds on the podcast, but oh how times have changed and after looking at Wild Honey beforehand, we're obviously going to take a look at Pet Sounds as it's a landmark LP and often comes up in the mono versus stereo debate. Now what's interesting to note here is that we're obviously going to be using the 1966 mono mix and the 1996 stereo mix. However, there are multiple remixes of these tracks throughout the years, including a 1986 mono mix of Wouldn't It Be Nice, a 2001 stereo mix of Wouldn't It Be Nice, and a 2011 stereo mix of You Still Believe In Me, as well as a few other oddities here and there. But obviously, let's start right at the beginning, and that is of course with Wouldn't It Be Nice, the classic opening track and single over in the States, but B-side in the UK to the great God Only Knows. Now, the first thing to notice is that in mono, the backing track is generally mixed a bit drier than it is in stereo, and that opening exciting drum hit is comparatively louder in mono than it is in stereo compared to the rest of the track. I'm going to play that intro now in mono and then again in stereo and just listen to those drums and the echo on them but also the crunch on them because the mono seems to have a bit more crunch going on which does give a vouch for the stereo mix in its clarity. So mono first and then again in stereo. Again in stereo. Now, what's also different between these mixes is that the backing vocals are far louder in stereo than they are in mono. What I'll do is I'll start you on the stereo and then move you swiftly into the mono. Now, here's where the differences get very interesting. In the original mono mix, Mike Love sings the bridge, and it's a great, great part. In the 1996 stereo, Mike's vocal had been wiped from the tape by Brian in 66 when he re-recorded it just to see how he sounded doing it. Therefore, in the 96 stereo, they had to use that, but on the 2001 stereo, they decided to fly in Mike's vocal from the mono mix. However, this does bring with it some phasing artifacts, notably on that lead guitar figure if you pay close attention to that, and the track does go a bit narrower at this point to compensate. 
What I'll do is I'll play the original mono and then the 2001 mono with Mike's vocal flown into the stereo as we'll get into the 1996 stereo in a bit. And again in stereo. What is interesting is that Mike's vocal there was spliced in from an earlier mix of the track than was being used for the final mix on the album and this also affects Brian's vocal in the rest of the track. Here's a bit more of it in the mono and again in the stereo. again in stereo you know it seems the more we talk about it it only makes it worse to live Taking full advantage of the opportunities presented by remixing this album, basically all the tracks have extended fades and stereo when compared to their original mono counterparts, and wouldn't it be nice is no exception. We'll start with the mono as per usual and crossfade into the stereo at the opportune moment. As promised, two more mixes of this track have come out over the years, and we're going to start with the 1996 stereo. Now, when comparing the two, the vocals maybe stand out a little more up front in the 96. However, this is most likely just down to the EQ of the mastering, so I won't be comparing those directly here. But as promised, Brian's vocal in the bridge is the biggest difference, as it's a completely different part compared to that in the original mix. You've heard Mike's bridge already, but let's hear Brian's now in its emotive grandeur. And while Mike's was the perfect one to make it that pop smash that it was, Brian's bridge adds a certain je ne sais quoi to the track that Mike could never do. Maybe 
Probably the most interesting alternative mix of all is the 1986 mono mix. Now, a number of alternate mono mixes were issued on the Pet Sound Sessions box in 1996, but because these are listed as alternates, we're not looking at these. But because this one was included on the Made in USA compilation, the Still Cruising LP, and a single in the UK, we're including it here. Note that Brian's vocal is completely different and much shoutier, quite like his 80s self if you like. Mike's vocal is single tracked at first in the bridge and then not, and the fade out has a lot of damage to it from the acetate being cleaned up I suppose. Overall it's just a vastly different rough mix and because it's commercially released we're going to be looking at it here. Enjoy. surprised if the shorter fade on that track was due to the cleanup needing to be done on the fade out likely being taken from an acetate you can hear some washy artifacts on that outro and I can understand why they faded that out but as you can hear the track just does not sound anywhere near as good as the master and I'm glad they were able to find it eventually especially for such a key track Moving on to track 2, You Still Believe In Me, we get another notable difference here in that the main vocal on the track is double tracked in the original mono and then single tracked in the stereo because Brian recorded his second vocal while mixing the mono mix down. 
Interestingly, on the 2011 Stereo Mix, first issued on the Mobile Fidelity remaster and then on all subsequent issues, the vocal is artificially double-tracked using a processing effect, obviously, and it makes it sound a little closer to the mono, but obviously the double-track and the mono can't be done in any way without having that second vocal. What I'm going to do, though, is before we get into that verse, is play the intro now what's interesting is that the edit from the beginning of the track into the main verse differs between the mono and the original 1996 stereo mix. In 2011 this was then re-edited to match the original mono mix so good points to Mark Lynette and crew there. However there is a digital click at this point which is absent in the original where it crossfades rather than having a hard edit. What I'm going to do is play the original mono first and you'll hear the pause and then the double track vocal come in. Then the 1996 stereo with the longer pause and then the single track vocal and then followed up by the 2011 stereo with the same pause as the mono, the digital edit click into the verse and then the artificially double tracked Brian vocal. So let's start with the mono and go from there. <laughs> Again, in the 1996 stereo. And finally, the 2011 stereo. instrumental difference is that the bass feels far more dominant in the mono mix. I'll fade back up the stereo mix for you and then move that into the mono and focus on that bass. After this, the crossfade into the chorus where Brian's vocal gets faded down and the backing vocals up feels a little more jarring in stereo because it's a bit more apparent what's going on, whereas in mono this feels smoother because it kind of gets a little lost in the mix. I'll play it first in mono and then again in stereo. And again in stereo. Our last mixing difference on this track comes in the timpani in the outro, which is mixed a lot louder in stereo than it is in mono. In mono it kind of bounces behind the track and gives it a little bit of an oomph, where in stereo it's a bit more grandiose and stands out, especially when it first appears. I'll play the section in mono first and then fade it around again in stereo so you can hear those differences. Oh, 
and again in stereo. And finally, of course, the fade on this track is longer in stereo. I'll start with the mono and crossfade over to the stereo at the crucial moment. Stereo. Moving on to track three on the album, That's Not Me, we get an immediate slight difference at the beginning, and that is that in mono, there's a little fade up on the hiss, because obviously there's more tape hiss on the track, where in stereo, it starts out a lot cleaner. Here's that beginning in mono, and then the clean stereo. I had to prove that I could make it alone now. And again, in stereo. I had to prove that I could make it alone now, but that's not me. Our next little difference is a bit more of a two for one, and that is that the tambourine is mixed with a little bit more reverb in stereo, making it a bit drier and more upfront in mono. However, where the tambourine comes in, then enters into where the rest of the band instrumentation comes in, which again differs between the mixes, with it being more bass heavy in mono, and also with a static click just beforehand, which is absent in the less bass heavy stereo. What I'll do is I'll play the wetter tambourine and bass light stereo and also pay attention to the lack of static click and then play that again in rhythm with the mono where the tambourine is dry, more up front, there's more bass and there's a static click just before the drums kick in. And again in mono. There's a guitar part here, about 38 seconds, that's mixed a lot softer in mono than it is in stereo. I'll play the louder stereo first so you can identify it, and then the mono where it's mixed softer and a bit more in the background. And again, in mono. As we move into the second verse, you can hear a ghost voice fade up with mics, which I presume to be Brian given the wine on it, but this is mixed out in the stereo, assumedly it was on an extra track that just wasn't cleaned up at the time. I'll play the cleaner stereo first and the messy mono afterwards. My thoughts when I And again, in mono. And the start of the verse at 1 minute 54 is single tracks in stereo and then goes into double tracked, whereas in mono it remains double tracked throughout. Probably just a little bit of creativity by Mark Lynette in the mixing stage, which is appreciated to make a few little differences that do work, I suppose. I'll play the double-tracked mono and then the single-tracked stereo. And again, in stereo. I once had a dream, so I packed up and split for the city. 
We've got quite an interesting fade out here, and that is that the mono starts to fade later but ends earlier, making it a slightly more abrupt fade compared to the more gradual stereo. What I'll do is play the slightly more gradual stereo first, and then again with the more abrupt mono, so you can feel these comparative differences, as just crossfading at the end wouldn't show you the differences of where these fade outs start. So, stereo, then mono. I soon found out And again in mono. I soon found out that my lonely life wasn't so pretty. I once had a dream, so I packed up and slipped for the city. I soon found out that my lonely life wasn't so pretty. Now Due to some missing multi-tracks, the stereo mix of this track is a little bit simpler compared to the rest of the album, but it's quite nice in that it's more of a vintage style one, with the backing track mostly centralised and the vocals panned left and right. But before we go on to that, please notice that right at the beginning, in mono, you can hear a little tail end of Hal Blaine's counting, which is cut off on the stereo, because it's not meant to be there, but it's obviously just left in by Brian accidentally. again. A little bit messy, but a nice little touch for those listening out for it. Here's the clean stereo, and then again with the slightly counted in mono. I can so much in your and again in mono. I can Generally speaking, that more vintage style panning on the mix makes it very close to the original mono, and while the strings do get panned as well, they sit in a very similar space to where they do in the mono mix, although obviously there's a bit more clarity in the stereo. The stereo does however feel a little faster, and has a slightly longer fade than the mono. What I'll do is start you on the stereo, then cross fade to the slightly slower mono so you can feel that speed difference, and then when the fade out gets to its peak, I will crossfade to the stereo so you can hear that little bit extra that's added on there. Into mono. stereo. Now, a number of the tracks on the 1990 remaster of this album, which is the way I fell in love with the album originally, have heavy noise reduction applied, but also a few remixed intros. Now, I haven't compared the one on Wouldn't It Be Nice because it's more noticeable when you're looking at the waveform especially. 
but here you can really tell the difference in the intro. What I'll do is play the intro from the 2015 Analog Productions remaster in mono and then again in the 1990 version where there's complete lack of tape hiss but there's also a little bit of an edge taken off as well. And again in the 1990 mono. Now, there's a number of small differences here that we're going to have to loop over a few sections so you get them all. First of all, we're going to be taking a look at the little dynamic difference between the mono and stereo mixes, with the mono being more compressed than the stereo, which breathes more and has a great dynamic shift between verse and chorus. This will also allow us to look at the chorus and that the R backing vocals are double tracked in mono, but single tracked and panned to one side in stereo. Here's that transition from verse to chorus in mono first with the double track vocals as well and then the same in stereo with the single track backing vocals. But when I could I give strength to you I'm waiting for the day when you can love And again in stereo. And you felt But when I could I gave strength to you. I'm waiting for the day when you can love again. Now in the chorus, there's two things I want you to pay attention to and I'll play longer sections so you can really pick these out. First of all, in stereo, the snare is louder and there's also a centrally panned guitar that's playing something quite twangy, at least I think it's a guitar. Whereas in mono, this is mixed a bit softer as is the snare. I'll start with the stereo so you can pick out that twangy instrument in the middle and obviously the louder snare and then again in mono where that instrument is lower in the mix, almost inaudible and the snare is obviously further back in the mix as well. And again in mono. I kissed your lips when your face looked sad. It made me think about him and that you still loved him so. Didn't you know? But pretty soon I made you feel glad that you belong to me. And love began to show. 
Now, here's an interesting one between verse and chorus. The flute, which is very prominent in the verse in mono, gets buried in the chorus, whereas in stereo, it's kind of prominent in both. What I'll do is play a bit of the verse where the flute is in mono, and then move that into the stereo so you can hear it there, and then a bit of the chorus with the flute in the left channel, and then the chorus in mono where the flute is basically nowhere to be heard. Stereo. Mono. Back to stereo for the chorus. Back to mono. Now here's an interesting tidbit which I didn't notice for ages but it's very noticeable once you hear it. In the verses, well, throughout the whole track, you can hear a bleed through of some other recording session, and that is the Everly Brothers' The Power of Love. Now, the track sounds a little bit like this. Now, you've heard the bass line and that sort of drum rhythm. Let me play you a bit of the verse in I'm Waiting for the Day and see if you can pick that out in the mono mix in the background. I came along when he broke your heart That's when you needed someone To help forget about him I gave you love with a brand new star That's what you needed the most it's very subtle, but it's there, and it's a little bit out of rhythm, obviously, with the actual track. That's because this was recorded onto an old tape for this session, which is a bit of a weird one, but we'll get to a bit more to that when we get to I Just Wasn't Made For These Times. Now, in stereo, this is obviously absent and cleaned up. I guess it was on a channel not used, or just they were able to extract it out of the mix. But here's a little bit of the verse again in mono with that going, and then I'll crossfade to the stereo where it's obviously absent. I came along when he broke your heart. That's when you needed someone to help forget about him. And over to the stereo. I gave you love with a brand new star. That's what you needed the most to set your broken heart free. And finally, once again, we have a longer fade in stereo. Here's the mono, and I'll crossfade to the stereo at the opportune time. Stereo. The first of two instrumentals on the album, Let's Go Away For A While, has a few little nice differences. For starters, there's a bit more tape hiss in mono than there is in stereo as there is throughout the album, and the drums are more up front in the stereo mix. Let's play a little bit of the mono with the softer drums and increased tape hiss and crossfade that into the stereo without the hiss and the more upfront drums. 
into stereo. Now, when the horns enter at 22 seconds in stereo, they come in when they obviously start playing, but in mono, they fade up just after this, almost seeming like Brian didn't want it to be a dynamic shift. I'll play you the stereo where they jump in first, and then the more gradual faded up mono. And again in mono. Now, here's a weird one. As we enter into the bridge, there's a few static clicks in mono, but they almost time like they're accounting, which is very odd, and it is apparently on the sessions tape on the Unsurpassed Masters set, so it's not explicitly a mixed down kind of bit of tape damage, if you like, but it's not really clear what it is, but it has been cleaned up in the stereo, and it makes sense to me, it is a little bit of a distraction even if it is in time with the music. Here's the mono where these clicks are and I'll play you again the clean up stereo afterwards. And again in stereo. As we move into Sloop John B, there's not too many major differences here, but we've got a couple of long form ones to look at. The vocals are wetter in stereo, and in the same mix the drums become more up front. A big difference though, is that in mono there's a 12 string guitar overdub playing that main riff throughout, which is absent in the stereo mix as it was recorded on the mono mix down. What I'm going to do first is play a section from the track in mono, so pay attention to the vocals, the drums and the guitar figure in the middle, and then I'm going to move to the stereo where the drums will be more up front, the vocals wetter, and that guitar figure will be down to a single tracked one in the right hand channel. stereo let me go home I want to go home yeah, yeah well I feel so broke up I want to go home and finally we have a much longer fade in stereo and it's quite appreciated on a track like this because there's a nice little change up in the vocal melody by Brian here I'll start with the mono and crossfade over to the stereo when this round comes in once again. This is the worst trip I've ever been on. Stereo. 
Moving on to the second side of the album, we start with the ever-iconic God Only Knows, and we've got a few stark differences between the mixes here, especially as we move through the track. The first thing to note is that the harpsichord is mixed louder in the track in stereo, and I would say the vocal is slightly ahead of the beat compared to the mono in the stereo, although it's very minor and maybe don't listen for this too much. The vocals and the strings are also more dominant in the mono mix, so what I will do is play your little section here so you can hear where the vocals sit, where the strings sit and where the harpsichords sit, just to kind of really pick these pieces out together. So let's start with the mono and then go back into the stereo. If you should ever leave me, your life would still go on, believe me. And stereo. Now, flipping this round a bit, in the bridge, the vocals are a bit softer in mono, whereas they're a bit more upfront in stereo. Let's start with the mono and then go around again in the stereo. As we get into the last verse, we get a bit of a mixing swap where the strings are now more dominant in stereo as opposed to mono. Maybe mix is a creative decision for a bit of a crescendo throughout the track, which works quite nicely, I suppose. Let's play it in mono and then the stereo so you can hear the volume of the strings differing. If you should ever leave me, your life would still go now there's a few key differences in the tag and we're going to start with the edit into the tag in stereo this is nice smooth and sounds completely natural but in mono there's a big hard edit where the tag was used from an acetate mix as opposed to the final master so i'll play the cleaner stereo first and then the mono where the track feels like it gets sucked in for a second before we get the beautiful outro and again in mono As we move into the outro for the track, you may have already noticed my final difference to discuss here, and that is that the vocals differ between the mono and the stereo mixes. In mono, it's led off by Brian with a slightly more aggressive vocal than is leading in stereo because that one was done by Carl after the fact. Now, the reason this section was spliced on to the master from an earlier mix is that Brian's vocal was wiped from the track and Carl's was then re-recorded along with Brian and Bruce's counterpoint harmonies throughout, giving us two totally different vocal performances between both the mono and the stereo mixes. The stereo mix here once again also feeds us a longer fade out which is very nice and it also starts earlier and ends later than the mono making a much more natural and modern sounding fade. What I'll do is play the mono first and then play it again in stereo. 
and again in stereo. Moving on to I Know There's an Answer, or as it was originally known, Hang On To Your Ego, we get an immediate little bit of difference right away. Now before the song starts there's a small amount of bass playing in mono which is obviously wiped out in stereo because it's not meant to be there, which seems to be quite common on this album I suppose. And as the lead vocal starts straight away I'm going to emphasise that it's louder in the stereo mix. Here's the start of the track in mono with the slight bit of bass at the beginning and the softer vocal and then I'll play that whole thing again with the cleaner beginning and the louder vocal in stereo. And again, in stereo. I know so many people who think they can do it alone. Moving through the track, the last pre-chorus, the backing vocals are notably louder in stereo than they are in mono. Here it is in mono, and then again in stereo with the louder vocals. Here's an interesting one. Mike's last doobity doo, if you like, um, gets lost in mono due to the compression on the mix, and it's where the bass enters and it just kind of crushes it out on the last doo. Whereas in stereo, this is more clear because of the panning and obviously less compression throughout the master on the mix. I'll play the stereo first and follow Mike's kind of wordless ad libs and then. I'll play it again in mono where you can hear the last one just disappears under the bass. And again in mono. On a similar note, on the outro here, the instrumentation that's panned widest is much louder in stereo than it is in mono. Obviously you could argue this is due to separation, but to me it also feels like it's been pumped up a little bit as well. 
The fade is also longer here in stereo, so what I will do is start with the stereo, then move to the mono so you can hear the softer instrumentation, and then cut back to the stereo for the final bit of the fade that's absent in the mono. Into mono. Stereo. Here Today comes up next, and it's definitely one of my favourites on the album. And the vocals here, especially the backing vocals, are once again mixed notably louder. There's also a variation in the reverb Mike's voice in the mono, where it gets a little wet in the verses, but in the pre-chorus when the track drops down a bit, he's mixed drier. In stereo, he's kind of constantly wet throughout. So what I'll do is compare the vocals on the verse for you with the mono first and then the stereo, and then in that pre-chorus, I'll play you a bit of the stereo and a bit of the drier mono. Back to mono. The classic conversation piece of this track is the conversations that are happening in the bridge, in the background, in mono. In stereo, these were left out as a conscious decision to make a difference between the mixes, but we were left with the naked conversation as a hidden track at the end of one of the discs. What I'm gonna do is play this section stereo without the whispering first, at least a chunk of it, and then again in mono where you can identify where these bits are kicking about. And now I'll play the conversation in its entirety, just in case you haven't heard it, as it's a fun little thing to pick out and see what you originally noticed in the track, and also what you completely missed out on. <laughs> And now for a little chit chat. Do you have that attached to the flash? Do you have rigged up? Yeah, I do. There you go. Top, please. Now, the harpsichord in the final chorus burst to fade is much louder in mono than it is in stereo, but there's also a longer fade in stereo, this time much longer. What I'll do is play it in stereo first, and then play it again in mono, and be sure to follow that harpsichord, and then I'll cross fade to the stereo for the end of the fade. So, stereo first, then mono. Love is And again in mono. Love is here. Today and it's 
Now, one of the most striking tracks in the album, I Just Wasn't Made For These Times, also has some nice sloppiness going for it in the mono mix. In stereo, the vocal is definitely louder, and it's also wetter as well. And again, under the first verse, or throughout the whole track, you can hear the Everly Brothers with the same track once again. What I'll do is I'll play that section of the first verse in mono first with the drier and softer vocal with the Everly Brothers rhythm in the background and then crossfade that into the stereo where the vocal's louder, wetter and the Everly Brothers are nowhere to be seen. Into stereo. I've been trying hard to find the people that I won't leave behind. At 1 minute 46, most of the instruments seem to drop out in mono, or at least are mixed much further down, but in stereo this doesn't occur. What I'll do is I'll play this section in stereo first, and then again in mono, and pay attention to where the vocal seems to be the only real thing going, and maybe a couple of other instruments too. Each time things start to happen again, I think I got something good going for myself, but what goes wrong? And again in mono. Each time things start to happen again. Now, here's a slightly rogue one. In the second post-chorus, the flute is louder in stereo, but there's a weird noise in the mono. What I'll do is play the cleaner and more flute-heavy stereo, followed by the weird noise and softer flute mono. And again in mono. And finally, of course, we have a longer fade in stereo. I'll start with the mono and crossfade to the stereo at the key moment. Stereo. As a little bonus for this track, taken from the Unsurpassed Masters set for this album, here's the end of the track on the master take, and you can hear that the Everly Brothers track starts playing immediately after the track ends, but then there's also a little vocal warm up with Brian teaching Dennis the main hook. It's at a faster tempo, but Dennis was originally meant to sing lead on this track, and if you pay attention to the lead vocal lines, you can hear a few of his final inflections on the lines were kept in, as Brian obviously preferred them, but sadly Dennis's complete vocal has never surfaced. If you want to know more about this, check out the Sail On podcast episode talking about this track. Anyway, here's that little teaser for you. 
put it on five now. Now, the second instrumental on the album and title track, Pet Sounds, features a few nice differences between the mixes, starting right at the beginning. The mono has a little bit of ambient noise before the percussion enters in, and a large tape splice before the lead guitar announces itself. In stereo, it starts dry with the percussion right at the beginning, and obviously no tape splice because this is one continuous mix. Let's start with the mono, and then again with the stereo. And again in stereo. One could also argue that the lead guitars are louder in stereo at first, although which tracks count the lead guitars are totally up to interpretation, I suppose. Either way, here's that section in mono, and then again in stereo with the louder guitars, so you can pick out which ones I'm talking about. In stereo. Here's a couple of weirdly precise moments. At 1 minute 42, there's a strum in the track, which sounds distinctly different between both mixes. This could be due to effects and EQ, but it's notable enough that I wanted to point it out. I'll play it first in mono, and then again in stereo. Stereo. Following up on this, the guitar at 1 minute 53 is definitely louder in stereo than it is in mono. Here it is in mono, and now I'll play it again in stereo where it's going to stand out a bit more. And again in stereo. And finally, of course, we have the longer fade in stereo. I'll start with the mono and move to the stereo. Stereo. As we move into the closing track, Caroline No, there's not too many differences to look at, but quite a major one is that the harpsichord figure in the right hand channel of the stereo is much louder in stereo than it is in mono. This obviously affects other instruments in the same track, but it's the most dominant one to stand out. Here it is in mono first, and then I'll move into the stereo. Now as we get into the fade and obviously the very outro of the album, the hiss tends to dominate in the mono because that's kind of the nature of the mix, but there's also a hard edit into the final sound effects outro, which isn't surprising. However in stereo this is clean of hiss and it also crossfades nicely into the outro, but at the same moment so no longer fade here. I'll play it first in mono with the hiss and the dodgy edit, and then the nice clean stereo. Stereo. 
Again in stereo. As a bonus point, of course, you have the single version of this track where the fade gets uninterrupted. Here's the end of that single version and you feel how it's a complete and natural fade. And with that, we come to the end of our look at this classic, classic and timeless album. Now, I had many people asking me to do this and I had originally said no I don't want to do remixes but it has become a fun little thing and it is very different to look at remixes of albums versus contemporary mono and stereo mixes as obviously the processing of the track has completely changed and there's certain elements that are different simply out of necessity of missing tapes and the like. This album was particularly interesting because it's such an iconic remix that most people have only heard for the album. Many people haven't heard the mono as far as I'm aware, although it's not exactly hidden away. But the stereo is obviously the far more contemporary sounding and I can understand why someone may choose it over the mono. Although the mono obviously has that stamp of this is what Brian completed in 1966. This is what he wept to when he heard it and was just overcome with emotion when he took it home and played it for his wife and at the end of the day that's what I'm going to go for. The stereo is an amazing oral experience but the mono has some high points as well and obviously the album is fantastic and there is something to be said about Brian's 1966 mixing style and it's part of the reason why I wish we had more Smile vintage mixes to match the sound as the 2011 release sounds a bit too clean for my liking. Either way, this episode was quite an effort to make because I wanted to get it right and hopefully you've enjoyed it. I did have a lot of fun making it and especially picking out the differences which were definitely larger than I originally envisioned when I started tackling this album. But all that's left to say is thank you, thank you so, so much for listening and supporting the show. If you want to get in touch with the show you can do so at backtomonoradio at gmail.com and next week in Back to Mono I've got some nice emails to read out from a couple of lovely lovely listeners be sure to follow the show and check out the other episodes if you haven't tuned in before and all that's left to say is whoever you are and wherever you are have a great great day (laughs) 